We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello and welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast, your place for all things Debbie, college DFS, and college football betting advice, and most definitely some unabashed homerism. That's right, I told you to play the Ducks money line last week, and they cashed. I'm your host, Dave on the Co, joined by my co-host, Matt Wispay, and this week, our special guest, the return of the one, the only Jordan Hoover. It is good to have you back. For Rivalry Week, we've got Ohio State, Penn State in the house. Jordan, how the hell are you doing, man? Hell of an intro, man. It's good to see you guys. Um, been a long time. Too glad long, to see man. You. Yeah, glad to see you guys have uh, steered the ship, uh, clear the, the rocky waters. You're doing well without me, as I knew you would. Uh, I mean, that's debatable. <laughs> But yeah, like you mentioned, there is uh, there is reportedly uh, some college football game this week that has some importance to some folks. Some may be on here right now, so figured it was a nice time to stop by, and I appreciate uh, appreciate you letting me hop back on for this one. Absolutely, it's good to have you, Matt. I know you've been uh, you've been fighting COVID. No, it's not COVID. It's something else, but it's equally <laughs> shitty. How are you doing, man? You 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 hanging in there all right? I'm awake. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I'm good. that's week, weekly. That's the issue is if whether, whether no, or not I, you're awake. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm doing better. Had we recorded yesterday, it would have been uh, touch and go. Um, I'm, I'm much better today. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm ready to talk about some college football. I haven't really done it much this week. Haven't been around people as much. So this is my, my opportunity to talk a lot about college football. Uh, and I do just want to say uh, people won't remember this. Um, so when I started out on this podcast, I was the every once in a while, third person that would show up on this show because Jordan and the original other was, I think Kyle was the original host and you were also co-host then, uh, they knew me when I just started off at Rotoviz and, uh, they knew I was 
way more into college football than I was pro even back then. Um, and brought me onto the show. So I would not be here if it were not for Jordan. Um, so I am always happy to bring him back. And he, like me, is wearing Rotoviz gear tonight. So uh, it's, it's a good night. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. And, and had I wouldn't a, had be to bring here. your throwbacks back. Had yeah. To bring and your throwbacks back. I wouldn't be here if either of you two knuckleheads knew how to edit and publish a podcast. <laughs> that was the only reason they brought me in. Like, you know how to edit, right? Because we've got two really smart dudes. And if you just shut up and let them talk and then <laughs> and then edit it, we'll be good. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, yeah, laziness uh, <laughs> did almost kill this podcast once. Um, so, oh, as, we, as we have been doing in recent weeks, um, because I feel like every single podcast talks about the same one. Same exact same question every week. I will kick us off with the cliche question of the week. Uh, do you guys like the new overtime? Uh, I guess you probably want me to take one. Well, to no, actually, over. just in general, let's not talk about it like specifically about the <laughs> nine overtime game, but let's yeah. in general, the uh, two point conversion over and over and over again. So I think for, for me personally, okay, so. It is it is probably important for me to separate what happened last week from the actual question because that's an important distinction. But I I'm and maybe this is maybe this dates me, maybe this makes me old. I'm actually okay with a game ending in a tie. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that's probably <laughs> that's probably an un that's probably that's probably an unpopular it, opinion. It's but, not unpopular, uh, it's un American. And you it, should feel terrible about yourself <laughs> i'm turning it i'm turning in my passport right now right you um, may as well just be european at this point yeah but i mean it, it, i think that you know the, it, the tie like the overtime itself i don't necessarily have a problem with and even the one possession one possession per team to start off from the opponent's 25 or wherever it starts that's fine too but whenever you're changing the rules of possession to switching to just two point conversions from the what what is it from the two from the three yeah, it's three yard line yeah. is it it's a three remember. i think to me to me deciding a game on a completely different format because it changes the format of play completely mm -hmm. so and i understand why they do it or at least why they say they do it is to protect the players to keep them from playing you know four extra quarters in a game um but I, it, there's just something about changing the actual format of play to decide a game that I'm just not quite on board with. And, of course, the nine overtime debacle. I, it, it was so painful to watch. And, and it, part of that has to do with how bad both of the offenses were that they couldn't score for that long. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't agree with the change of the format of the game to decide the game. And I'm actually not wholly opposed to ties so tell me why i'm wrong well you just i my only issue with everything you just said there and it has i i don't care about the tie uh my only issue with everything you said is this is a sports analytics site you had every opportunity to say the word variance and uh, you <laughs> never said variance in that entire thing that's my issue with it is you took a game where i, I mean the 25 yard line you're effectively saying that everyone is in should be within field goal range and should have an opportunity to score some points. Um, but you're really, it's like, if you get a, if you don't get a touchdown, you're putting yourself in jeopardy of, Oh no, what if the other team gets one? Um, with the two point conversion, there's like, 
it's the bounce of a ball. It's an it's a quarter of an inch difference, and you really might be completely losing the game. And instead of having that over the course of four quarters where there's opportunities for the bounce, the ball goes the other way where you have an opportunity to make up for it or whatever, you're bringing everything down to the same as if you were doing a Hail Mary from the 20 yard line. Um, It's just a matter of it's a lot of luck that goes into it because how many drop passes were there in the end zone that could have been the quote unquote ending uh, to that game before we got to the one where like where it was, where the final score did happen. It's just, it's to me, it feels a little bit fluky. I don't particularly care about it in regular season, but as we always kind of, I also think that argument is a little bit iffy um, because I think college football, unlike most sports every week is sort of in its own right, a playoff because you you can't lose. If you are playing for the national championship, week one is the same as week 13 because you really can't lose, in theory, um, more than like once over the course of a year. So I, I I think it's, I don't love it. I think we're probably stuck with it for a little while. I think if it gets like terrible reviews, I think there'll be some relatively easy fix that they do before next year, which is maybe just as simple as like, maybe we don't do this until the fourth overtime or something like that, where it gets to a point where it's unlikely. Um, But yeah, I I wasn't a huge fan, but it it was mostly just because I don't know. To me, it's a, in this case, it wasn't fun. (laughs) And and also you're, you're trying to find a solution for a problem that doesn't exist. You know, like there wasn't a problem with the old system. You didn't need to do this. And if you did, this wasn't necessarily the the right solution. I mean, wasn't the the right fix. What the right fix could have been just shift the ball back to the 40 yard line. So you're not automatically in field goal range. So that way points are seen as much less of a guarantee. You have or to just, move. or just make everyone have to go for two from the get go. Like if you score a touchdown, you're going from two from the get go. Yeah. Any, any solution would have been fine. Um, this particular uh, installment of it, the fact that this was the first time we, we got to enjoy this madness. It was putrid. It was disgusting. And all I could think about um, until they lost. I was like, I bet these two jokers, you two in particular is who I'm talking about. I bet they love this. <laughs> just <laughs> Big Ten football at its worst. It I mean, was I just... love Big Ten football. That's gross. But and it was last week as someone who was desperately rooting for Penn State to win. Um, I was not happy. Um, mind you, I was also watching this next to my wife, who is a Penn State fan. Um knowing that we were going to have this podcast this week regardless and knowing that I really wanted a top 10 opponent for Ohio State because now everyone this week is going, well, Ohio State still isn't playing anyone good. Um, it's just one, like I, I, wanted, I, I wanted Penn State to win, so I didn't love the outcome. Um, I do like seeing a team win with like 30-something yards passing because that's always <laughs> makes, me get, makes me laugh a little bit. But yeah, I mean, other than that, it is what it is. Um, but like I said, this was the cliche question of the week for a reason. You've now probably heard everyone's opinion on this right. 20 times over. Um, let's jump into the reason why we have Jordan on here this week. Um, it's Penn State, Ohio State week. Uh, this is always a, a really fun game. For some reason, Penn State always seems to play their best game of the year against Ohio State. And maybe it's just because, like everyone, when you're playing against the best team in your conference, 
uh, you show up a little bit more energetic than you do against Rutgers. Uh, so here, yeah, I mean, I think this is, this is an interesting, an interesting matchup. Here's my thoughts because you two have much more, uh, in-depth analysis to give. So I'll just get my shit out of the way early. I wish this game would have been played like a month ago because I feel like since that point, both teams have kind of hit the opposite kind of, uh, end of their tail like i feel like penn state's been kind of declining a little bit ohio state's been getting better whereas a month ago i thought these teams would have been really evenly matched right now i mean the spread itself kind of tells you where things are at i really wish we knew uh, how healthy sean clifford was if he was at 100 percent this hey, game with james franklin fun. said he is at 100 percent. he would clearly never lie <laughs> no. especially not when he's going to the big house to play illinois yeah all right but my thoughts that that's it i mean um i don't actually do i have a play on this game later i don't think i do um, you coward. I, I mean, I mean, I don't have a play on this, but if I if I had to, I would lean Ohio State. I mean, that's just all there is to it. All right, Jordan, what's your what are, what are you what are you thinking? You you you've got your 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 head in your hands. You, you have the <laughs> tissues close by. Let's hear it, bud. Uh, well, um, first, I mean, Matt's right. This this series has recently been pretty close. Ohio State's won the last four. Only covered one out of those th- one out of those four times. Um, typically close games. Uh, typically somewhat low scoring. Um, although I guess the 2017 got a little bit out of hand on the score. But um, kind of what you said. It, it, it's ask anyone who watches Penn State football, follows Penn State football in the last couple years. And everything always sort of winds back around to Sean Clifford for right or for wrong. And, you know, the fact that they rolled him out last week uh, in the shape that he was in clearly, clearly injured. Yeah. Um, You know, like wincing, twisting, holding his back in between plays. I mean, it was kind of uncomfortable to watch. Um, And we know why they did that, because they have absolutely no faith in anyone behind him. And based on what we saw in the the end of that Iowa game, Taquan Roberson, um, who I think I read yesterday wasn't even at practice yesterday, so I don't even know what's going on there. Jeez. Um, they have one other scholarship quarterback who has not played a snap. So whether Clifford is healthy or not... Sorry, that's all I could think about. <laughs> Holy shit, you got, I didn't know you guys had a soundboard. Oh yeah, we have drops. Oh now. yeah, we do drops. Oh awesome. Okay, cool. Um, so whether he's healthy or not, which I mean, I think we're pretty sure that he's probably not. Um, they're going to have to roll him out because I don't think they really have much other choice. And what was really glaring to me last week of all the things that we saw was the fact. Oh, that's a cute. Was the fact just that the picture of my kid wearing a Nittany <laughs> Lion costume? I'm glad I'm not alone in sharing the pain last week. But there were there were certain times during the game where, when Clifford is healthy, he is he's a good runner. He's he's not um, you know he he's not like an ultra athlete. But what he can do is he can recognize in the pocket when the defense is in man coverage, everyone has their back turned the middle of the field, 15 yards is completely wide open. He is not afraid just to run and get the first down. And that's an important part of the offense. And last week he wasn't healthy. He wasn't comfortable. He would run up to the line of scrimmage, curl back and either fall down or throw the ball away. 
<laughs> so when you take that part of the offense away, it's so hard for it to function. And this offense wasn't even really functioning on a down to down basis with a healthy Clifford. The, the ineptitude on offense is hidden by a lot of the big passing plays, which whenever they go away, there's really not much left because the offensive line is not good. They're shuffling around guys on the offensive line in the middle of the season. They don't even know who's starting at what position, I don't think. And then you go on the road against Ohio State, whose defense is not great, but on paper they have guys that should be able to beat the offensive line pretty routinely. So I'm a little bit – that's where I'm at on the offense. There's no run game. The offensive line is iffy. And if Clifford can't run and give – at least the threat of the big play over the top, I don't really know how many points Penn State can score, even with this Buckeye defense not really being as good as it potentially could be. Hey, and then on the... It's better. Yeah, go ahead. It's get The defense is improving. I can't... No, I mean, it, it's not a great... It's not like the 2019 year that was actually like really strong on defense. Um, I guess just in all everything you just said there, because I've watched enough Penn State that I feel like I can say a couple of things about them as well. Um, it's sort of disappointing to see Clifford out there really hobbling because this is, I would say this is the first year in gosh, at least like five or so years since they've truly had more than one receiving option consistently. I, I mean, I guess the last couple of years it's been Fryermuth as a secondary option, but even he was getting like less than half the looks that Dotson was the offense really had been Dotson and the year before that, it was really just Hamler. But this year, they I would say they have three pretty so, I mean, three-ish pretty solid wide receivers. And then they do mix in the tight end a little bit. I think Strange is getting a few looks. But like with Lambert Smith, um, Parker Washington, and Dotson, this is the first year where like if Clifford was 100% and was developing in the way that it kind of looked like he was at the beginning of the year, this would be where that matchup actually might have some benefits because the Ohio State linebackers seem to still have some issues in coverage. Um, they're still playing effectively three safeties, and they don't necessarily have a third cornerback that they can rotate in, at least not one with a ton of experience. And as much as Ohio State's true freshman cornerback Denzel Burke has looked very good, he is still that, a true freshman that – at times will likely be lined up across from Jahan Dotson, who Jahan That's a Dotson mismatch. might be. I mean, Jahan Dotson might yeah. be one of the five best wide receivers in college football right now. Um, yeah. And while I'm not really ready to call him like a super duper NFL prospect, I do. it's hard to deny what he is capable of at the college level. So um, that's where my stance is on them. Um, on the flip side, because the thing that I, I do know a little better is Ohio State, and I should focus on that. The Ohio State uh, offense is, it's really hit its stride, but. It's hit its stroud. I'm sorry. <laughs> <It's> terrible. <laughs> why didn't they, why didn't they bench him? To, he's he's go terrible. Ahead. God, why didn't they bench CJ Stroud? I'm, I'm so, that literally my purpose on Twitter these days is just anytime someone puts up a tweet that's positive about CJ Stroud, I just quote tweet it and say, it's really too bad they didn't bench him for uh, Kyle McCord. That's like 90% of my tweets these days. Um. But so, I mean, Travion Henderson has had a full workload in one game. And Penn State's run defense is, if I recall correctly, 
not ideal. Let me look. But you have to you have to mention the injuries along the the interior. I mean, that's a big part there. of it. PJ Mustafer going out. I, it's one guy, but he's the linchpin in the middle on the defense. This is true. So Chase Brown had a big game against them. I don't really, I don't have like the advanced Penn State numbers in front of me. I should pull them up here in a sec. But uh, next time I'm not talking, I, I will have numbers pulled up ahead of me. But uh, so I, I think the big thought process in this game is that Penn State's defense is going to be a big step up in competition for Ohio State. But I kind of just, have to ask the question of like hasn't every defense they've played been like a step up from the prior week so ever since Akron which was obviously playing against air that's that's basically just practice field uh then you went to a Rutgers team that was they were getting better they were playing frisky against teams like Michigan and that was so they were a now even now to this point I think everyone sort of says like well Rutgers isn't good but they're still like they play tough um then there was Maryland who, whatever, write that game off. That game was garbage. I'm, they, they ruined my point here. Then Indiana was the one that they were like, you know what? Tom Allen, he always figures out creative ways to be be tricky on defense. And now it's Penn State. And I, while I do think Penn State talent for talent is the best group that they're going to have played against, I just, I don't know. if they. I mean, if if their defense is is still hindered by uh, injuries, it's, it's really going to make a bit, it's, going to be a struggle because they're going up against arguably honestly I'm not even going to say arguably they're going up against the best offensive line in college football right now um and really the best set of receivers are going up against so it's not even like they can help out by bringing guys in um by playing an extra man in the box because then they'll get beat on the outside by these wide receivers and if they try and then bring out guys to like they can't do drop eight against Ohio state. So I don't see a way that they're going to be able to slow down this offense consistently. They may get a few drives. I don't think this will be like against Indiana where the entire first half is touchdown drive or it's just touchdown, 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 touchdown. I do think that they'll get off the field a couple of times, but I, it's hard for me to see with Ohio state's weapons against this team, um, particularly with, uh, the injuries on the def- or the injury on the defensive line for them to consistently find success. So I would say that if you're starting off with a baseline number for what Ohio State's gonna score, you start at like 35. And if Penn State keeps this game to 35, great. I think that's their that's their best shot at winning. That's their best shot at covering. I mean, I think they could. I mean, I mean let's be Penn clear. State I don't will, think Penn State can win. I don't think that I should say I don't think they will win. I think they they're there's I don't still think a lot they, of talent. They have three but they really can't good win receivers, but they can't win if Ohio State scores 35 points. If if, if Ohio State scores 35 points, they're winning. They need to keep Ohio State under four scores and then they have a chance because with Sean Clifford injured and the lack of a running game, I do not see how they get more than four touchdowns. Am I wrong, Jordan? No, I think if Ohio State scores 35, I don't believe Penn State wins. They may cover, but I don't know if I see this offense the way it's currently constructed with the injuries and where we're yeah. at scoring. It's the cave uh, breakout game. I mean, I mean, it, <laughs> Penn State scored more than 30 twice this year. It's really frustrating, too, because the more I think about what you said, Matt, about this might be the best set of wide receivers in a while. There's talent at tight end. Um, 
with an upright, healthy quarterback, I do think that Ohio State's secondary can be exposed. And I also think that Penn State's secondary is going to be a vast step up for Ohio State's offense. I know you were listing off the teams that Ohio State played. And, buddy, I was sitting over here laughing because I – I know you I know you get sensitive probably about talking about their schedule, but bro, come on. No, no, no. Uh, it's, been, I mean, it's been bad. I, I'm I, not denying that. I, I want to be nice because you invited me on here, but uh <laughs> I mean you're talking about Indiana. They were missing guys in the secondary. They're they not were. the fully healthy defense they were. Rutgers, Maryland, you named them Akron. We made excuses for Cincinnati when they got in a dogfight with Indiana and they should have lost the game. Ohio State made them look like a JV squad. Like, no, I, I mean, it. Ohio State's offense is really good, and they're <laughs> cranking up. They're hitting the stride. I won't, and and they're talented everywhere. Like you always are. That's yeah. not that's not a question. But I'm just saying, like, I do think that the step up in talent on Penn State's defense, injuries included, mm-hmm. is probably more, maybe more drastic than people want to believe. That doesn't. I'm not saying that Ohio State's going to have a hard time scoring necessarily. But I do think the level of resistance this week is going to be vastly different than they've seen in a while. Just I mean, put Penn it State's that, the most second. Penn State is the second best team talent-wise in the Big Ten. And I actually don't think it's that close. I think they are more talented than Michigan. I think they're more talented than Michigan State. And I think there's a pretty big gap. I just... I don't... Because for every... like. For all that is out there and everything that Ohio State has done, there are still multi have been even last game when when CJ Stroud was nearly perfect. He missed Chris or yeah he missed Chris Olave on when he got behind defenders. Chris Olave is going to get behind defenders in every single game. It's will CJ Stroud continue to to improve and hit that ball um, when he sees it, um, and then if he doesn't. The one, the real big X factor I have on the offense, because I don't believe that any linebacker in the country or any safety in the country can cover him, is Jackson Smith and Jigba. And lining him up in the slot is straight up unfair because he is the, right now, the best slot receiver in all of college football. He is that dominant at what he has been capable of. Now I say this knowing that they're really bad knowing that every team they've played so far has been really bad. And I'm hoping I'm proven right against this, uh, Oregon team or not Oregon. Fine. Wrong. Why am I here? Wrong. Uh, wrong, wrong guess. Hey, I mean, let's wrong. be clear. They, they still had 500, they had 500 passing yards against Oregon. And you but, guys are picking on James Franklin. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm a moron. I'm not paid millions of dollars. Um, no, I, I would say, I think that he, this will be an interest. I think Smith and Jigba is the guy that ends up get doing a lot of the, a lot of the work in this game, and I actually think this could be a Jeremy Rucker game as well. Just I think that's where they're, they're going to find a little bit more success. Rather than, I do think your secondary is going to be a big step up, and I because of that, I think they'll be able to slow Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Whereas I I think they're no matter who he's going up against, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to have an advantage against a third cornerback or a safety because I mean, we're talking about the guy who I've been saying all season might be the most talented wide receiver in that room. He's just younger and that's why he's playing in that spot. So I don't, just, I, I just, I think that'll be an interesting game. 
As for Ohio State's defense, yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea what to think because it they did make a lot of major changes. I think their play calling has gotten better. We're starting to see the defensive line actually get sacks and real pressure consistently, which at the beginning of the year, they were just kind of getting pressure. Um, it is what it is. I, I, I mean, it, it's hard to say. I think Penn State's offense will, will probably find more success than Indiana. Um, actually, I don't even know that that's true. And I only say that just because if Clifford isn't healthy and your offensive line struggles the way that it has been struggling this year, I don't know what this game looks like. It's This is a hard one for me because if it were a hundred uh, Penn State 100% and everyone was coming into this game fully healthy, I would be telling you at, I mean, we talked about it. I was going to say at 14, if everything looked great at 14, I probably would have been telling you to take Penn State. Yeah. Um, because I would I have had the line covered. 13 and a half. Yeah. But at with Sean Clifford looking like maybe 75% of himself and the offensive line struggling, I just, I don't, I don't know how this game goes because it very well might be a game where Penn State just cannot move the ball and Ohio State runs away with it. But it's Penn State, so who knows? I thought they were going to, I thought that I've, Literally a text with my brother-in-law at halftime saying, wow, this is going to get ugly. And then 2016 happened, and I didn't talk to my family for my in-laws. Was it 2016 or was it, yeah, 17? No, it was it was 16 when you guys had the blocked field goal. I was think it 15? I would have to look back on the... It's either was, it was a while ago. Hey. Whatever it was. It was 20, either 2016 or 2015 when the blocked field goal and they won the game off of it. I literally have had a text message with my brother-in-law, who was one of the people who used to be in the front row of Penn State, uh, of their fan, their like student section, every single week, telling him this game might get really ugly. I'm sorry, and uh, it did get ugly just for me. Uh, <laughs> so it's Penn State, so who knows? I won't watch this with my wife because uh, I'm a bad loser. So if it gets ugly, no one wants to be around me. Okay, run real quick. I just want a one-word answer from both of you, um, and then we're gonna hit, we're gonna hit the break, and then when we come My back, one word's gonna be pain. <laughs> when we when we come back, uh, we're gonna go through our picks for the week. Will you be happy if your team covers the spread, Jordan? If Penn State covers the spread, is that gonna be enough that you walk away happy, or are you still gonna be upset? <laughs> um. If they, I mean, what is the number at right now? 18 and a 18 half. 18 and a half. Yep. Uh, if they lose by 18, I won't be super happy. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not necessarily anticipating a win though. So I'll just kind of be indifferent, honestly, because I, I just have a set feeling about what's going to happen in this game. Yeah. Matt, is a win, a win, a win happy enough? Or do you want them to go out and make a point? If they were top 10, I'd yes, a win is a win is a win. But because they're 20 now, now it has to be continue. No, like we, Ohio State won't get credit until they win by 50. So, I mean, I want them to win by more than two touchdowns. Cool. All right. We're going to hit the break. We'll be right back with you. Uh, we'll go through our rundown from last week, and then we'll get into our best bets for the upcoming week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And we are back. Thank you for sticking around. Let's get into it. We both had a profitable week last week, Matt. Uh, I went six and three plus one forty-seven. Uh, you went five and three plus point seven. Uh, some of the my, my, my big loss is my two units on Clemson plus three. Uh, they were up early and then just let that shit get away. DJU getting benched. I don't know. I mean, let's we'll have to spend some time on that. My other losses were in the Cincinnati game. I had both Cincinnati minus twenty-seven and a half and the over. I missed the over by a point and a half. That was really frustrating. Cincinnati just could not get going early. Um, but I, I won my SMU minus 13 and a half wake Forest minus three at army, which was one of the, the games of the week, uh, Virginia minus six and a half at Georgia tech. And then we had Oregon money line. I fucking told you Oregon gets up for big games. They will get up and beat a top 20 team. You have to worry about them when they play a team like fucking Washington state that has nothing to play for that all of a sudden kicks their door down and just steals their lunch money. Um, have we hit explicit yet? Yeah. Um, we hit explicit every week, my friend. I had the LSU <laughs> under 76 and of course, Ohio state minus 19 and a half. Uh, Matt, take us through your week real quick. Uh, so like you said, I went five and three for plus two units or plus pff, plus 0. 0.7 units. It's all uh, relative. Uh, so I, my losses were Cincinnati minus 27 and a half. Yikes. Uh, Iowa state minus six and a half. I feel like I got hosed there. Uh, Yukon plus 15 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so my, my wins were Ohio state minus 19 and a half. Uh, that was fairly easy. Wake forest money line. I'm going to be honest. This was a sweat. Uh, Oh, it was so fun. That was a sweat. Uh, UTSA minus six and a half Louisiana tech. I didn't watch this game. 
Uh, SMU minus 13 and a half. That one was pretty easy money. Uh, and then Pittsburgh minus three. So the score is only 10. That game was much worse than 10. Uh, Clemson's not good. Their defense is the only thing that keeps them in games at all. So yeah, that's a, that was not, that didn't feel difficult. And if you were so confident in Oregon, you should have put two units down on them. That's true. That's true. Um, (laughs) All right. But all right. Getting into. There we boy, go. Things, boy, things have changed quite a lot since I've been oh, yeah. here. I got a soundboard, and I don't know how to control myself. <laughs> the, the Zoomers are running the audio here. <laughs> yeah, baby. Hey, Jordan, you are our guest. Um, I need you to lead us into victory this week. I want to hear your best bet. Of all your best bets, your most confident pick of the week. Out the gate. Let's go. Oh, man. Okay. Well... I tried to follow you guys' format here in the show sheet. I I usually don't play this many games, so I'm reaching a little bit. But what I'm going to say first is give me USC minus 21. Is it still available? I'll find it. Sorry for the... No, you're good. I'm looking. Give me USC at home against Arizona. Okay. Um, uh, not sure why my thing just broke. This is a play, I, I know Arizona kind of showed up last week against Washington. They ended up losing, but covering pretty easily. But uh, Arizona gave up 34 points to Colorado, which is absolutely atrocious on offense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hate to bank it on just that one game. And I know that USC is coming off a loss last week at Notre Dame and a loss to the in the prior week to Utah. But I think USC can do enough on offense. I it's, This is more a play against Arizona. USC coming back home after a loss. It's a big number, but supremely talented team. Good spot at home against a bad defense. An 0-7 team. Don't know if they're really going to even show up. So give me USC. I'll lay the points. Yeah, and, and I think Drake London is just going to go disgusting on this team. Like, yeah. he's going to put up 200 yards on his own. I'm going like, to be honest. I'm officially in root against Drake London mode. <clears throat> Why? Because I'm already, I'm sick of the hype. The, but but the <laughs> hype is legit. Like he's very is, good. He's the not dude the wide is, receiver two in the class. Stop but he's mm, mm. <clears throat> that's open. right. You're right. He's not the wide receiver two. If you call him he's, the wide receiver one, you can quit it. Wide receiver one. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I have this game around like twenty, so I don't have a huge feel either way. Um. I, what, I think why don't you take us? I don't have a play on this one either. Um, but I, I do like that. Um, <clears throat> Arizona is just awful. Well, give me give me your best bet for the week, Matt. I, want, I actually don't want to do. Well, I'm saving that for last. Virginia plus three at BYU. Um, I I like BYU. I don't entirely know why this number is plus three. Um, for Virginia, I kind of feel like they should be favored in this spot. I think this offense is one of the best in the country. I've got, in my numbers, I've got, even with giving BYU home field edge of two and a half points, I have Virginia as a small favorite. I think Brennan Armstrong finds a lot of success against this BYU team. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I think that we're talking about a one offense that is 
among the best in the country and a BYU defense that, according to my numbers, is pretty middling to slightly below average on defense. So while I do think that BYU proved themselves early in the year against a bunch of the Pac-12 teams, I think this Virginia team is a a unique opponent for them and one that they'll struggle against. Yeah, I'm right here with you. I've actually got to play on this game as well. I'm I'm putting half a unit, so it's not one of my best bets of the week, but I'm putting a half unit on a Virginia money line. Uh, BYU, to your point, has, um, I mean, they're fine. They're good. But uh, last week, they they barely beat Wazoo 21-19. Then uh, they had back-to-back losses against T- Baylor and Boise, both, you know, good teams. Uh, and I think Virginia is more in that category than your Utah States and USFs that they handled easily. So I think Virginia is going to provide some really difficult uh, matchups for them. Uh, I think you see, like, to your point, uh, Brennan Armstrong, um, and he's got like a nice complement of wide receivers that are going to get a lot of work. Um, this is going to be a fun game to watch. I'm, I'm really excited to dial into this one. But uh, I do have a, a half a unit on Virginia Moneyline at plus 125. All right, Jordan, let's go back to you. Okay, I'll go to a total. I'm going to take the under 59 and a half, a little bit juiced there, minus 125 last time I looked. Hopefully all these lines are – I made. I picked these games last night because – we were going to record, but hopefully they're all still. Yeah, current. your USC line was still good. I'll take a quick look at your TC. I got and, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought up to the extra point, but under fifty nine and a half TCU Kansas State. Um, TCU's offense is 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 pretty good. They can score. Kansas State has scored at times this season, but when I look at this matchup head to head, even just over the last four matchups, four straight unders. Uh, totals in those games, 49 and a half, 44, 44 and a half, 49 and a half, all four unders. This one set significantly more high. Game is in Manhattan. Don't know quite what the weather's supposed to be, but can be windy there from time to time, which can help the under as well. I just think this number is a little bit too high for these two teams based on how they've played historically. And things get kind of weird sometimes in Manhattan. So give me the under there. To your point, there are can winds uh, between right around eight miles an hour throughout the game um, for it. So I always love an under. Yeah, you guys are and great. yeah, and as I was, you do have to pay some juice on this one. But Stefan gives out alternate lines every single week, so this is no different than that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, speaking of Stephane, an alternate, give your best play because you didn't give one. Uh, well, I, I gave you my half. I gave you my half unit on Virginia. Fine. Um, now give me your best play. Uh, yeah. So, so my 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 best bet of the week is also on a total, and I'm taking um, an under in the Missouri Vanderbilt game because no one wants to watch this game, including myself. And the best way to guarantee I don't watch it is by just taking an under. Um, Missouri has struggled um, this year. They're they're three and four. Vandy, of course, is Vandy at two and six. Uh, both teams struggle to score the ball, uh, score the football. Um, you're not going to see a whole lot of points um, put up by either team, I don't think. And this number just felt way too high. At um, let's see, I got it at 63 and a half. Uh, so I'm putting two units on on this. I, I don't think either team really um, puts up a bunch of points. I, I think Missouri will win comfortably, and because of that, they're going to kind of deflate the football towards the uh, third, fourth quarter, and just kind of ride this one out. Um, I, I think the number is way too high. I almost looked at this one for an over. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Missouri's you just defense think, is, 
I, these are two of the worst defenses in the Power Five. But they're also <laughs> terrible offenses. Yeah, but at a, like, there's a point where terrible offense runs into terrible defense, and more often than not, in those spots, the offense has their best game of the year. Um, I mean, <clears throat> Vandy Vandy averages 13, 13 points a game. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I just think if if they can run the ball. Um, which they will find success running the ball against Missouri. I mean, yeah. I mean, but again, this, like this running the ball gets tricky. The issue is if if they're running, running the ball good, four and a half yards a clip, like they'll score a few. They'll, they'll have some winning drives, but the clock is gonna just get just get rolling so fast. I, hey, I'm with you. These I'm are just probably two of the wrong. Worst. These <laughs> these two teams allow near fifty percent success rates each. Um, it's just that scares me a little bit. They both allow over four points per opportunity, so they're allowing teams to finish drives really well. It's just a worrisome number for me. Well, I'll just say I had this number. I had this number at fifty-three, so I felt like I had ten points of value on this game. I, I'm, I am supportive, and I will be rooting for it because I don't (laughs) have it against you on my card. Okay. On this one, however, I will be rooting against you because I'm taking SMU and Houston under sixty-two and a half. Um, I know SMU's offense is always really good, and Houston is, people sort of remember the Houston of a few years ago that Houston scored a whole lot. Houston plays incredibly slow. Like, 29, I think it's almost 29 seconds per play they average. Um, They're pretty much their offense at this point is going through Alton McGaskill, who is a a true freshman. Um, It's not really on the shoulders of Clayton Toon to win them games. And to go along with that, Houston actually has one of the better defenses in the country. I think they're, they're top 20 in uh, yards allowed per game. They're top 20 in uh, total points allowed per game. They're a really strong defense, and SMU is yet to go up against really a defense that's going to give them much struggles. Because of that, I think Houston is going to keep this game a lot lower scoring because they're going to pretty much, when their offense is on the field, try and keep the pace very slow, use up a lot of clock, avoid any big plays from the SMU passing game. And when they're on defense, they're going to give SMU more troubles than SMU has had all year. So 62 and a half just felt like a really big number for a game that I think both teams could very easily end up in the 20s. So mm. I'm going under. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, this is a fight. Like we are definitely on opposite sides. I've got the over as a best bet. Uh, I will say, I think on the year, I'm 0-3 head to head against you, Matt. So uh I probably will actually bet <laughs> the the under, <laughs> but no, I'm going with the over here. Um, the Stick total to has gone guns. no, the total has gone over in four of Houston's last six games. Um, granted, the number hasn't been quite as high as this in a lot of those games, um, but but there is some some value there. Um, my numbers had this game. I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of um, shit. I can't find my numbers. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of margin on this game. Um, I had it, well, that's not true. I had it actually at 73. So, um, so yeah, I feel like uh, I, I feel like I had some value here. I, I do think Tanner Mordecai has um, put together a really solid season for SMU. He's been really fun to watch. Uh, I, I just, 
I just feel good about this. I have another play on this game too that I want to um, put out there real quick since we're, we're on it. I've got SMU plus one at minus 115. I think SMU is the better team. I think the wrong team is favored. Um, maybe I'm just, you know, all bought on in this SMU team because I took the, the season total over on them. Um, but if they hit this week, I, I cash that. So it'll be a nice double up for me. Um, Jordan, let's go to you. Let's, uh, let's hear uh, another play that you have for this week. Okay, I'm going to go Maryland, minus five, at home against Indiana. Ooh. The five I saw was minus 120. Might be around five and a half, um, minus 110, depending on where you're looking. Uh, this is kind of a play. To tell you the truth, I'm not a huge believer in Maryland. I'm not all the way bought in. But there's just so much going wrong for Indiana. Um it's almost to the point where you kind of feel bad because, you know, as much as I really hated them because of what happened last year at the end of that game, uh, you really, you, you just don't like to see what's happening with all the injuries. Um, they might, I, I didn't check today, but it sounded like, I don't think Tuttle is going to play. I think he's out, correct? They're down to their true so, freshman yeah. who is really highly re- like highly rated as far as Indiana is concerned, one of their best recruits in a long, long time, but he's still a true freshman. I don't know how uh, equipped he is to, to run the whole game plan for the full, for the full run. They might have to change the offense depending on who's starting. I think Maryland's offense is at least functional. I think Indiana's defense is reeling a bit, although we thought they would probably be better than they were, you know, coming into the season. I just don't know how much Indiana has left in the tank. They're one and six against the spread. Um, Maryland at home is three and one against the spread. Both teams are kind of been beat up the last three games, but you know, I could be wrong because I think Maryland when completely healthy is, is equal talent wise, probably maybe a little bit better, uh, particularly on defense, but it just seems like there's a bad, there's a funk going on with Indiana and it's kind of just a play against that under a touchdown. This line opened up around two and a half. So it's been pushed all the way up to five, five and a half. Going to hop on now. Feel pretty good about it. So I'll lay the points with Maryland. Yeah, I like that. I've actually, I faded both these teams earlier this year. I took the team total unders on both. So uh, I feel like it's a it's a good spot. Uh, both teams have really underachieved. I am curious to see how Maryland can get back into things because they look so decent i won't say good but decent to start off the year and indiana just never has gotten on track to your point they've lost both their quarterbacks um i like this play a lot it is juiced a little at minus 120 but um i i I don't have this as a best bet but i'm definitely going to add it to my card uh because this uh this feels like a nice spot to to play i actually might do like on DraftKings. you can do that same game parlay which you know i'm gonna hit one of those later um i might take this and tease um maybe maryland down to like minus two and a half and then also take the under at a little bit of a elevated number to get it right around at that minus 120 um but uh i like this play a lot I, um the only I'll... issue with maryland is that they have mike lotsley as their coach well yeah He's really bad at coaching football sure i mean i'm taking my life in my hands back in maryland i i wanted to <laughs> preface that up front that i don't really believe in maryland necessarily as a team or a program but I, it's more it's just like kind of a situational spot more than anything else uh yeah stumbling I mean, they, indiana on the road i don't know they're definitely st- i i think in this spot they're 
there are <clears throat> advantages that they have on the offensive side of the ball that I think people are going to overlook because all they can remember about Talia Tagava or Talia Tongavailoa is the Iowa game where he just kept turning the ball over. Prior to that, he'd been wildly efficient. Now, mind you, the competition was a little bit worse, but I honestly don't know how big a gap there is between where this Indiana team is at right now and West Virginia, who we had success against. Or, I mean, Illinois, probably there's a gap, but I don't know that it's huge. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a good spot. My numbers have it as a play. Also, I just don't have it on my card. Why don't you give us one that is on your card, Matt? I feel dirty doing this. Um, Yeah, I like a dirty play. Kentucky and Mississippi State over 46 and a half. Um, You might be wondering, why do I feel dirty doing this? I don't like betting overs. No, you don't. Um, (laughs) These two teams play with a lot of pace, and they actually pass the ball a decent amount. Um, When I was really going... I mean, this one was... I believe S&P Plus gave it a fairly sizable gap, and I had a little bit of um, margin um, on this one. I don't know why that word was such a struggle for me right now. Um, <laughs> it's it's but it was. It's because you're under the influence of the COVID. Under the, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, but Kentucky's defense, for all the praise that it's gotten, um, ha- is allowing a success rate of about 45%. They do struggle a lot against the pass, which as we know, uh, Mississippi State does not run the ball. In fact, their rush percentage on the year is 21.1%. So they're going to see a heavy dose of the pass in this game. So if Kentucky's defense is not able to stop the pass in this one, they're going to struggle a lot. But both of these teams do a very good job of finishing drives once they get across the 50. Uh, Mississippi State is averaging 4.1 points per opportunity, and Kentucky is averaging 5.1. Um and both defenses allow slightly below average, uh, slightly worse than average, um, allow both of them at about 3.7 points per opportunity. So what I think becomes the real like key to this game is that while both of these deep, uh, both of these teams aren't going to be like the best offense that either team plays this year, neither one of their defense is going to slow them down enough where this game get stays in the 40s. I think I only it only gets to about 51, 52, so I'm not going to play it any higher than what I have it now at 46 and a half. <clears throat> but like I said, I think 46 and a half is low enough where I'm going to back these teams' ability to push it into the high 20s. Cool. I don't have much to say on that. That sounds good, though. Juan um, Yeah. You love him. He's um, really good. I'm going to go to a game that I just think the numbers is flat wrong because I think Temple is a terrible team. Uh, UCF minus 10.5 at Temple. Um, give me that minus 10. Feel good about it. Uh, last week, UCF really was able to to get rolling on offense. Um, my computer is really struggling right now. Uh, they were able to take care of business against Memphis. I know Memphis was a pretty trendy pick for a lot of people to cover. Uh, that 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 short line of plus one, um, that game was never in doubt. Uh, UCF just took care of business, twenty-four to seven. I think uh, people are holding that Cincinnati game against UCF, where they got lit up, twenty-one fifty-six, uh, without Dylan Gabriel, obviously. Um, but Cincinnati is a different beast. Like I, I don't think that Temple is going to be able to 
provide the opposition that that can really slow down UCF. I think they take care of business with, um, you know, relying heavily on Bowser because he, he's healthy and, and activated. Uh, so I, I think I think Central Florida rolls in this game. Um, I was tempted to take an alternate line at plus, uh, I mean, at minus 13 and a half, um, but I'm not going to um, do that just yet. Uh, so UCF minus 10 and a half at Temple at 108. I, I feel like that's a really good play and it's safe. I, I kind of wish I would have put two units on this one instead of that Mizzou game because you were giving all kinds of shit for that, Matt. Um, but <laughs> I give you shit uh, about every game. That's, that's right. Show. Well, and you should, because I'm I'm losing money on the year on the podcast bet. So, um, but UCF is not going to be one of those. They will cover. Um, I I think they win by two score, uh, two touchdowns, and uh, and I don't think this one's going to be a sweat at all. All right, Jordan, let's go back to you. Okay, I'll knock two out in a row because I have two plays on the same game. Love it. I'm going to take Michigan State plus four. Um, I saw it at minus 107. It might be around 110 now. Um, but Michigan State plus four and also give me the under 50 and a half. So this one is, this one's tricky to me because I think both teams are a lot alike. Um, both teams have been really good against the spread. Michigan six and one against the spread. Michigan State five and two. Um, both are four and one in their last five against the spread. Both have pretty efficient offenses, good running the ball, good in yards per play, uh, struggling a bit, throwing the ball. Um, and then the defenses, I, I do think Michigan's defense is probably slightly better, but Michigan state does play good defense as well. Um, I'm kind of, <laughs> I want to say fade Harbaugh, but I mean, he's obviously doing something right because he's seven and oh, so far this year. But again, this is just kind of a spot where I think Michigan State's going to be able to do enough on the ground with Kenneth Walker, despite Michigan's defense being good against the run. I think they'll be able to run the ball a bit. And being at home, I think will matter. Um, it looks like it's going to be chilly, a little bit breezy in East Lansing for the game, which plays into the under. Typically, these two teams, when they play uh, historically, Three out of the last four have gone under the number with some laughably low totals on those games. Uh, Michigan did score 44 points in 2019, but typically close, relatively low scoring games played in this series. So I'm going to take the team at home getting over a field goal in this matchup of two similar teams who know each other well, rivalry game at home. Not very analytical, I guess, guys. But you bring no, the old like guy it. back on the show. He's going to do some gut handicapping. So, <laughs> hey, yeah, give me, we're all on this game. I, I just swapped out a pick I had uh, other than this game to put this to put this on my card. So let's do it. All what, right. What, what are you doing here, Matt? So I'm going. I'm also taking <clears throat> Michigan State plus four. Um, it's minus one hundred five if you go to BetMGM right now. So I think. <clears throat> There we go. Michigan's defense is is the better unit in this one. But one stat that I found this morning that actually I was wildly shocked by was that while there's a lot of kind of talk that Michigan State relies on the explosive play and Michigan basically doesn't give up explosive plays and blah, 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 blah. And all that's true. Michigan State doesn't give up explosive plays consistently. They uh, 
They've only allowed over the course of this year one explosive drive with an explosive fly, explosive drive being defined as any drive where you are averaging more than 10 yards per play over the course of a drive. They've allowed that once to Bailey Zappi in Western Kentucky, which to be fair is the best defense is the best offense they've played all year. After this game, it will still have been the best offense they will play all year. Yes. Um I think that this Michigan State team has enough wide receiver weapons to create a couple of mismatches, have a couple of broken plays where they're going to stay in this game. I think that Kenneth Walker is going to run the ball fairly effectively. He's not going to have his usual, let's make him a Heisman candidate when he's beating up the bottom of the Big Ten numbers. But he's going to have a decent enough game that this game stays close. I think the total's wrong. And to be honest, when you're talking about a conference matchup with a low total, I'm almost always going to back the dog. So give me Michigan State. I'm really tempted to just say money line, but we're going to stick. I, I want some points. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got to play on this as well. And it's lockstep with y'all. But before I give it to you, I just want to like, yes, Michigan is seven and up. They've beaten Northwestern, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Northern Illinois, Washington and Western Michigan. Which one of those teams is good or great? None. Michigan State may not be great, but they're they're good. Um, and I'll also say that the total has gone under in four of the last um, six games between these two teams. Uh, Michigan State is five and one against the spread in the last six games when playing at home against Michigan. Uh, yeah, I'm leading you. Here we go. But because I am a coward, um, I'm not taking anything straight up. I'm going to go ahead and do a same game parlay on DraftKings. I'm taking Michigan State plus nine and a half and under 54. And if I lock those two in together in the same game parlay, I get that number at minus 110 on DraftKings. So Michigan State plus nine and a half, under 54. This, I think, cashes um, 70% of the time. I think this is super safe um, because I don't think this game is going to be high scoring. And I cannot imagine a world in which Michigan just runs away with it with a style of play. If they still had David Bell, maybe, but they don't have enough offensive power um, to it, like from the wide receiver position to to really extend the offense. And I, I don't think Michigan State is going to get beat um, on the ground enough to 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 lose by more than ten. So I'm Did going you say nine. David Bell. Wait, Michigan's Ronnie Bell. Sorry, I was so confused. I'm like sorry. David Bell's not <laughs> Ronnie. on the team. Ronnie. Um, it's been so long he got injured in week one ronnie um they don't have a deep ball uh threat is what i'm trying to say so anyway i'm with you all on michigan state and the under jordan why aren't you parlaying this do you just want to kind of hedge a little bit just in case sometimes you don't have to parlay everything sometimes you just play like a sharp and take single bets i want to i want to make money (laughs) i'm not patient I mean, in this, in this case, 17.15 units in this case, in this case, the, the parlay I think is the Michigan state getting points and the under is positively correlated. I would assume. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I could see, I could see it making sense here. I, I typically don't parlay, um, just because I kind of want to grind out. I'm trying to stay, I'm trying to keep a bankroll because, I don't have an insanely large uh, amount of money in a unit that I'm betting. So I want to kind of like grind this out as long as possible because I'm a degenerate who wants to be able to keep his house, yes. you know, et cetera. So I try to grind nice and slow, you know, so I respect it, but I, I get it. I've been doing that all year. 
Some of yeah. us are up 11 units on the year. Hey, some of us have been trying to get flashy and are down 17 units. Hey, I my mean, live betting is keeping me alive. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, I need to. I need to get one off my chest that genuinely makes me feel dirty. Do to it. My absolute core. Give me Florida State plus nine and a half. Um, <clears throat> this one is a hundred percent based on, uh, like me not believing Clemson can score more than 20 points. Um, Clemson's going to win this game. Clemson's going to win this game by somewhere between a field goal and a touchdown. Um, They're not good enough to run away. They don't have healthy running backs. DJ looks like he's being held back because they're not letting him run. And... The wide receivers are, I mean, what happened to them? It's it's actually really sad because they had so much talent at wide. I remember when Ladson and Ngata were freshmen and they had T. Higgins, Justin Ross, and then those two waiting in the wings. They were talking about them like they talk about the Ohio State room right now as one of the most talented rooms we've ever seen. It's just not working. They've done a really poor job building this roster. And now with the way that they're just, their season's over. I mean, for me, the only reason why I have Clemson as a three and a half point favorite is because I gave them a two and a half point home field or a two and a half point home point home field edge. Otherwise it would almost be a pick them. So that's rough. (laughs) Florida State's played a lot better since they got embarrassed early in the year. I think Mike Norvell is really starting to come into his own as a coach for Florida State. I don't think they're going to win, but I also don't think it would, like, if they did win, it would just kind of be like, yeah, that's the Clemson we know this year. They're playing really bad. And to be honest, if I took out, like, right now my model still has, like, 20% of it is just under 20% is talent, is team talent composite. If I took that out, Clemson would plummet. Um, and that's, I, I just, I have nothing left to back Clemson getting almost 10 points. I like, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's, at, a lot of it's name value. It's like, oh, Clemson, they should win. I mean, that's why I picked them last week. If, like, they should be better than they are, but they're not. If you can find it at 10, I'd be happier, but nine and a half is fine. So. All right, Jordan. Let's hear one. Okay, this one's kind of gross. You guys might disagree with me on this. No, one. I love it. We love gross. <laughs> but I'm gonna take. I know what you're. The picking. West Virginia Mountaineers getting seven points <laughs> at home against Iowa State. So hear me out. Unfortunately, this game is a two o'clock kick. If this was a night game, I'd feel even better about it. Because it's West Virginia, they're drunk already. Boys, I. I went to high school in southwestern Pennsylvania. I'm going to take you on a little journey here, a brief <laughs> journey, but it's it's relevant. I went to high school in southwestern Pennsylvania. A lot of my friends from high school went to West Virginia because it was about 45 minutes away. Spent a good amount of time there when I wasn't at my school. And let me tell you, it's one of the wildest places I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> um, the kids get rowdy. The home field there is legit. It's kind of a weird place. I've been talking about a lot of weird home field advantages. This is another one of them. Um, there's no doubt that Iowa State is the better team. Clearly. They're 5-2. and two. Uh, They're coming off of a big win against Oklahoma State last week on the road. Um, 
But I think coming off that, now going on the road to face West Virginia, who went to TCU one in their last game, 29-17, covered the spread as an underdog. Um, it's just, a, a, again, another spot. And, and Iowa State, I think that I haven't really been sold on them really all year, or even in the beginning of the year. I thought that they were a little bit overrated. Um, I think Brock Purdy is decent, but I, again, I think that Iowa State will probably win, but I think this is closer to a field goal game as opposed to a touchdown game. So give me West Virginia getting seven. To your credit, only one team this year has beaten uh, West Virginia by more than a field goal. Yeah, that's shocking. I don't know. I take that back. Two teams have beaten by more than a field goal. Only one team has beaten them by more than a touchdown. Um, and the, I mean, both of the two games where they were beaten handily were on the road. So <clears throat> I don't know that I can fully back it. I will tell you my numbers have it at four. So I would be on your side. It's right. not, it's, it's not for the weak willed. I'll say that because Iowa state is the better team, but I sometimes that doesn't matter. I love Letty Brown. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go Mountaineers. Um, I, I, I was looking at the slate this week and, and one of the games that I just thought the number was off. I, I was shocked was Oregon state minus one and a half at Cal. Oregon state is five and two. They're also five and two against the spread. Cal is two and five, four and three against the spread. Yes, you're right. Cal just came off a very, very nice 42 to 34. No, excuse me. They came off a nice 26 to three win. Against Colorado? Come on now. They lost to Wazoo. They lost to Washington. They lost to Oregon. They lost to TCU. They lost to Nevada. This team is not very good. I don't understand why they're favored against an Oregon State team that is actually pretty damn scrappy. I like this Beaver. I, I do not like this Beavers team. I hate this Beavers team because I'm an Oregon Ducks man, and I'm terrified that the Beavs are going to keep us from a playoff berth because they will beat us in the Civil War. And I am not happy about it. I'm already, I'm already stressed out. Uh, this Oregon State team is good. They're going to take care of business. Minus one and a half is a ridiculous line. Um, I'm locking up Oregon State. This one smells funny. It does. That, but that's it. Like to me. the only, the only reason I'm not putting all ten units on this is because I'm like, what the fuck am I missing here? Why is this only one and a half? But I don't care. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I, I had the same thought as you did when I first looked at this number. I was like, wait a minute. But whenever but whenever I had that feeling, typically I've learned that there's Was obviously there something there's something going on that I am clearly not privy to, information that I have no access to, and someone does, who has right. a lot more money than me and is making the numbers. Um, but I, I my gut was on the same side as you. So Yeah, it just felt weird. It just it just the lines seemed wrong. Um and yeah, like you said, I was like, there's got to be a reason for this. I don't know what it is, but it 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 just feels it just feels weird. I th I think this one will be a sweat. I don't think I'm going to be like at halftime being like, oh, we're up 20. This feels great. Um, but I do think one and a half is just too. It's just the, the number's too skinny. So um, I'm going to roll with it. All right, Wispy. Let's, let's see what you got. Wispy. Sorry. Wispy's fine. That was my whole life. Um I'm going to be brief on this one because I don't have a ton of analysis on this. I just think one team's one of the, like, by my numbers, one of the 10 best teams, in the, or 10 to 15 best teams in the country, and one of them just had their coach fired because he quit. 
Um, Arizona State minus 14 and a half uh, against Washington State. Uh, I have this game at like 20. I think Arizona State's offense is really, really good at running the football. I also think they're very good at finishing drives. They score about four and a half points per opportunity. Their defense is allowing a sub 40% success rate and they're pretty sh- their strength is actually against the pass and against a Washington State team that runs the ball less than 40% of the time. I mean, there's no way Washington State has figured out how to survive without their head coach yet. Um, and Arizona State's not a team where you get right. So, yeah, give me Arizona State minus 14 and a half, and you have to pay juice on that, which kind of sucks. No, it's not much. Seven cents. It's, it's not bad. Um, I still got uh, three on the board. Y'all both have two, so I'm going to go again real quick. I'm going to go ahead and take Louisville plus seven at NC State. Um, I, I do think NC State pulls out the win here, but man, I'm not, I'm, I'm not banking on Malik Cunningham losing by by more than a touchdown. NC State coming off a rough, rough loss against Miami, where they just they couldn't stop that team, which was really concerning to me. Um, I, I think that uh, I, we, we've seen Louisiana Tech and even Clemson be able to put up points against this NC State team. Uh, so, so I think Louisville will be able to put up enough points to keep this within one score. Um, so I, I feel pretty good uh, with the underdog um, on the so road. Cash your future if they win, if NC State wins. Yeah, it's a win-win for me, baby. It's a win-win. Um, no, I got Louisville plus seven. I, I, I think Louisville win. Uh, I, mean, I think Louisville loses, but I think they lose by more like three or four. So I think I'm going to double up my money right here. All right, Jordan, let's go back to you. Okay, uh, give me the, give me under 61 and a half in Texas Baylor. Jordan, can you come on every week? You have three unders on your card. And I, <laughs> I just he, love having you on the podcast. He never like gets I, that from me. No, like I was telling you guys, I usually don't pick, I usually don't pick these <laughs> many, this many games, but I wanted to fit the, fit the format as well as I could. Um, this is again another kind of leaning on the historical results, which obviously aren't always predictive of the future. But in the last four matchups between these two teams, all four have gone under the number. Um, they play close. They play low-scoring games typically. I know Texas. You know they have Bijan Robinson, who is is the best running back in the country. I think. I don't, Fight me. Oh, well, of course, he doesn't play for Ohio State, so he can't be. But uh, <laughs> he's pretty darn good, Matt. Travis, Let's just he's amazing. He should he's be a pretty guy. darn good. Um, he's no but, Travis yeah, guy. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, he he could wreck this single handedly. I'm I'm well aware of that. Um, and Baylor's talented as well. But again, I, I think it's just a kind of a, a team by team historical spot where I think the number is just a little bit too high. I don't think it's vastly inflated. I think it'll probably come in and in the, in the upper fifties probably, but I think you can probably squeak out a win at under 61 and a half. Yeah. I like that. I'm looking to get another pick on my card um, because I hate myself for not having an under. So, and I'm going gross with it. So, oh god. Well, while you're doing that, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that I'm gonna take Georgia. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the Georgia Florida game. And because I'm a real D Gen, I don't really want to go ahead and take that 
minus 14. Uh, I'm going to take an alternate line. Give me Georgia minus 17 at plus 125. To me, this game has two possible outcomes. Either Florida keeps it real, real close, and the, they they cover this easily, or they get friggin' blown out. And I'm leaning towards the latter. I don't think Florida gets up for this game. Um, this is being played in Jacksonville, of course. Uh, I, I I just think Georgia rolls. Uh, plus seven, my, excuse me, minus 17 is a big number, but I, I think uh, their defense is just able to shut down Florida. Uh, we saw what Florida's defense gave up to LSU's running game. I think Georgia has a similar outcome. I think they run all over this team, and I think they end up winning by 20. Uh, so give me minus 17 at plus 125. You hate that, Matt. I can feel it. I can feel the hatred of me taking an alt line um, coming yes. through also, <laughs> the radio waves. Uh, I don't know if these also, are radio I just waves. Think Florida's a team that breaks my model um, because they should be good. Like In my power rating, and by the way, I just want to point out that I'm not alone in this. But in my power rating, Florida is the sixth best team in the country. With which quarterback? It doesn't matter. It does. It so does. But that's the problem is that like I'm I I thought I was gonna be like way out on the like way out on a limb. I have like four or five people I trust that I look into their stuff too, and they can't figure out why Florida is breaking their system and they're like trying to decide do they manually shove Florida down like ten spots. Um, All right, we need to hear a couple of your picks, man, because you've added another play. Shut so up. You still got hit, three okay, on the board. I got two. I'll hit two of them quick. Um, Pitt minus nine at Miami. Pretty much the same logic I had last week. Um, I just think Pitt's a really good team. I think they can score in bunches, and eventually they run away with this game. Although I will give credit to Tyler Van Dyke. Um, he's been very good, but the injuries are starting to pile up for Miami. Yeah, it's at a certain point, it's too much. And the one I just threw on the board. Uh, South Alabama and Arkansas State under 66 and a half. <clears throat> Quietly, South Alabama is one of the best uh, defenses in the country, and they play at a very slow pace. Uh, while Arkansas State in years past has been a high-flying offense, they've struggled with efficiency this year. I don't see this game getting into the 60s. I think I actually think South Alabama wins this game comfortably and does so um, at like 31 points. So, yeah, give me the under on that one. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'll give you my last play on the week. Uh, I just got a half a unit on Oregon minus 24. Colorado is terrible. Uh, Colorado is traveling to Oregon. Colorado has trouble scoring. Uh, if you get rid of that 34 nothing win against that terrible Arizona team that we mentioned earlier, uh, they've only eclipsed uh, 14 points once, and that was against the University of Northern Colorado. I was at that game. Um, that's that's a school that you have not heard of, although a McCaffrey brother uh, does play quarterback there. Um, so they, they just really struggle scoring the football. They, they, they just can't score. They have a terrible offense. Like Jerry Rice's kid is one of their right wide receivers, and he has like four receptions on the year. Like it's a problem. They cannot do anything. Thibodeau is healthy. You saw what he did against UCLA. Colorado is not scoring points. I don't think Oregon needs to get into... Th- to, to, to the 40s to cover this. They just need to get into the 30s to cover this. I think uh, this one feels, I should put more than half a unit, but because it's Oregon, I always feel a little bit nervous. So I'm just putting a half a unit, but um, I, I like Oregon minus 24. Colorado's garbage. <laughs> and I'm not wearing my CU hat this week like I did last week. So. <laughs> it just made me chuckle. Colorado's garbage. They are. I mean, 
I love them. We're down the street from them. One second. Uh, I have to throw in some news that just came across my phone that apparently Conference USA is looking to add New Mexico State, Liberty, and UConn. Mm, wow. That's, that's riveting. They could stuff. pick worse teams. They, <laughs> they couldn't pick worse teams. All right, hey. Jordan, play your last one so I can hit the, the pick that everyone's just waiting for me to say. Okay, this is this is last for a reason because it's probably my lowest confidence rating, but uh, I'm going to lay the points with Utah, minus six and a half at home against UCLA. You've noticed the theme so far. Home teams are home teams are my jam. Um, I think this is again another home field advantage uh, for for Utah. UCLA traveling uh, from sunny, beautiful, low elevation California to the the frozen confines of Utah. I don't even know if it's going to be cold, um, but it is a it, it's a tough trip for UCLA. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Uh, I don't know what exactly his status is. It's been seems like it's been pretty iffy through the week. Chip Kelly seems a bit uh, hesitant to give much information, which I don't blame him necessarily. If he doesn't go, Chase Garbers, Chip Kelly claims that they're going to run the offense the same way. We'll see. Uh, UCLA is coming off of a tough loss against Oregon. I didn't actually catch the game. I know they only lost by three points. Garber it wasn't really that like close. Yeah. Was it really that close, though? Well, it was. It w- uh, So so uh, UCLA got up early, um, and then Oregon just took over slowly and slowly. Oh, and, that and- makes that's even better for my play. Okay. Yeah. So, so kind of a squishing loss then, then at home against uh, a ranked team, which would have been an enormous win, then having to go on the road now with your quarterback, your starting quarterback beat up if playing at all. Give me Utah six and a half. Lay it. All right. All right. Man. I'm taking Ohio state minus 18 and a half for one unit. Um, because I'm legally obligated to. <laughs> That's supposed to be booing. It sounds like cheering. That's yeah. Weird. I'm like they. They seem like they're fans of my play. Um, <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, I'm not sorry. I I think there's the opportunity. If Penn State's offensive line struggles continue, then I don't know how they're going to score very much. And as I said, I sort of think that the Ohio State floor for scoring in this game is around 35. I don't know. And I think Jordan's going to know who I'm talking about when I say the best running back in the country after this week, because I do think this is a big Travion Henderson game. So, Oh, I totally thought you were going to say Noah Kane. Sorry. No, Noah Kane is <laughs> the guy. I still, I will still say in my heart of hearts, I believe that Kayvon Lee is a very good running back and I don't understand why they haven't gone to him. Um, but whatever. Because the offensive line is bad and it confuses the coaches to make them think that the running backs are bad. Yeah. I just I'm very confused by that because he's <laughs> still got like he's still like averaging like five yards a carry. He's just not getting the ball enough. Whatever. All right. Uh Stefan, you did very well in DFS last week. Um I did okay. You're you outscored me by sixty points, but I still cashed. So yeah. um I did not put together a DFS lineup this week because well, I am Garb. The bummer, the bummer was that you took Sam Hartman out of your lineup, and he ended up scoring forty nine. I did that out of two. spite too. I know. Out of spite, I swapped Sam Hartman and did I have and Lambert Smith, who scored a touchdown. Yep. I swapped those two guys out for DJU and someone else who didn't do very well, 
Had I done that, I actually probably would have had a pretty quality line. Oh no, I had Nagata who I ended up late swapping because he wasn't playing. But yeah, I ended up with like a really mediocre 130 or something, which just happened to be right on the cut line. Um, so yeah, garbage. Have you looked at this week's slate at all? Yeah, I've got a lineup for this week. Okay, you want to quickly run through it, and then we can quickly run through our picks and then get out of here because it's bedtime. D-F-S. All right, baby. <laughs> I got... Hey, Jordan, don't tell anyone, but uh, that sexy lady voice is actually me just with lots of filters on it. I'm so glad that you guys didn't warn me that there were all these wild like strip club drops in this in this show now. Sometimes I, uh, I forget what I haven't told you. Yeah, That's incredible. I, I created them all because I just had way too much fucking fun. Um, no, that's cool. So, I appreciate it. Yeah. So um, at quarterback... Like I said, Colorado's terrible, so I'm going with Anthony Brown um, at 8,100. He's one of the kind of mid-range QBs, so I kind of felt good about that. He's cheaper than Adrian Martinez, for example. Uh, So he's averaging 22 points a game. Colorado is awful, so I feel good about that. At running back, I'm going with um, Wake Forest's very own Beale Smith. Um, If you look at his uh, game log, he has been racking up – you know, he, he's got double-digit carries or touches, I should say, in every game. He's coming off uh, back-to-back weeks with touchdowns. Uh, but the real reason I like this is that Duke is ranked 264th in the country against the run. Uh, my next guy is Taj Brooks, Texas Tech running back. Um, he has not been getting a ton of work, but he should be. Um, now that he's healthy again, he should be back in action. And um, I just wanted to save a little bit of money and 4500 I felt really, really good about that. Um, my favorite play of the week, I'm going back to my boy at wide receiver, Ja'Cory Robinson, uh, Roberson, excuse me. He um, just had his coming out party last week on the national stage against Army with those three touchdowns. But we told you last week he was coming off of hundred back-to-back 135-yard games. So if you look at his last one, two, three, four games, he had 91, 135, 135, 157, three touchdowns. The dude is just awesome. Uh, Hartman knows how to find him, and I, I'm really excited about him. Um, my next guy is I'm going to Rakeem Jarrett. Um, that Maryland team, you know, it's not the most exciting, but their wide receiver core is pretty banged up. Indiana is ranked 179th against the pass, so I like that. He's coming off a four uh, reception game. I think he gets back into um, the good graces. I think he is a pretty safe play at only 5,400. And then final, my final wide receiver. Ew, I'm struggling here is Ty Freifogel for the Indiana Hoosiers in that same game. Um, he uh, he's a volume play for me. Uh, I think he's going to see upwards of, uh, you know, I think he was going to see about 10 targets. Hopefully, hopefully um, for this to, to hit, he, he needs to see like, you know, six, seven catches. Uh, he has not really, um, he hasn't scored since week two. Um, you know how I say he's due. Uh, well, we've got a touchdown on deck for sure. Um, one of my favorite plays, though, of the week, I'm rolling with Zach Evans for TCU against a Kansas State defense that is um, giving up over 100 yards on the ground. Um, the nice thing about Zach Evans is he gets involved in the receiving game as well. Uh, he, he's been putting up three-plus three, three plus catches a game in, in, in a lot of these efforts, uh, seeing upwards of 15 to 20 carries a game. Uh, I think he has a big game, so excited to roll Zach Evans out for 7,000. And then my final play... My super flex 
I'm going to our boy Jerry Bohannon, uh, QB for the Baylor Bears. Um, he has been uh, kind of up and down, but the this UT team that he's playing is ranked 168. I think they're going to need to score to keep up. Uh, one of the things I like about um, Bohannon is while he doesn't run a lot, he is pretty efficient with his runs. Uh, he's scored um, six rushing touchdowns already this year. Uh, so I think there's the opportunity for that as well. So uh, that's what I've got for DFS this week. Um, it, it's an interesting slate. Yeah. I have one note for you. Um, keep an eye on warm-up reports for TCU. Um, Zach Evans is doing weird stuff online. He removed all of TCU's, oh, uh, God. all of his TCU men- or like stuff in his bio, all the TCU, um, like anything from his Instagram. There Why is false- he such a head were- case? Jesus. Because that's the kid he is. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, his recruiting. I, he, he was a kid who signed a letter of intent, backed out of said letter intent, um, before he announced it ever. Um, so he's just a little bit of a head case. There were false reports of him ent- entering the portal, the portal this week. Um, yeah, just check warm-up reports. Make sure he's on the field. If yeah. he isn't, late swap him. Yeah, and, and I'll go ahead and at that same price point, I'll, I'll late swap him for uh, Quinton Johnston in that same game, wide receiver for TCU. Because um, he, if they don't have Zach Evans, they're going to have to throw the ball. Right, and he's, he's coming off back to, like, last week he had 113 yards. Before that, he had 185 and three scores. Um, Quentin Johnson, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm going to put him in now anyway. Take out Zach Evans. I don't want to deal with that headache because, let's all be honest, um, I'll, forget, I'll forget to change it day of. I'm putting in Quentin Johnson. Let's go. All right. Let's do a quick rundown. Um of our picks and usually I go last, but because my voice is probably going to give out on me halfway through, I'm going to go first. All right. Kicking off my bets. I've got Arizona state minus 14 and a half against Washington state. I've got Florida state plus nine and a half against Clemson, Virginia plus three at BYU. I've got Michigan state plus four against Michigan. I've got SMU and Houston under 62 and a half. Oh, I did have a total on there. Oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky and Mississippi state over 46 and a half. Penn or Pitt plus minus nine uh, against Miami, Ohio State minus eighteen and a half hosting Penn State, and I've got South Alabama and Arkansas State under sixty six and a half. All right, I'll roll through mine real quick. My best bet of the week: uh, Mizzou at Vandy under sixty three and a half. Then I've got Georgia minus seventeen on the alt line at plus one twenty five at well not at Florida but against Florida. I've got my same game parlay. Man, I'm having fun this week. I've got my same game parlay: Michigan State. Jesus Christ, my computer just crashed <laughs> michigan state plus nine and a half and the under 54 i've got louisville plus seven at nc state i've got oregon state minus one and a half at cal i've got smu plus one and the over 62 and a half versus houston and then i got minus 10 and a half at temple jordan what you are to home teams i am to road teams give me the road teams apparently this week um let's hear your board jordan Sure. So I have USC minus 21. Um, I have the under 59 and a half in TCU, Kansas State, Maryland minus five, Michigan State plus four, uh, West Virginia plus seven, Utah minus six and a half, under 61 and a half in Texas and Baylor, and the under 
50 and a half in Michigan, Michigan State. I love it. Hey, this sounds like a winning week. I know we went long today. Um, I'm glad we did. Jordan, it was so good to have you on the show this week. Um, you are always welcome. Uh, well, l- let's wait to see how these picks do. Um, oh, but- absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I will be as, judged. As long as you're not minus 17 and a half like yours truly, you're welcome back. <laughs> um, always good to have you on. Um, let's go state or hail. What do they say? What do you all say? I don't even know. Yeah, let's go state works. Okay. We are. Oh, that's it. Uh, quack, 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 quack. Um, no, always, always good to have you on. I'm excited for this week of football. Of course, I'm not going to catch the night games because I've got some Halloween parties to attend. I will be Ted Lasso. Um, I will not be shaving the beard and rocking the stash, but I am excited. Um, this is, that is because me- you're every white American male in this country. Yes, I. Well, I mean, yes, <laughs> that's true. Um, is it everyone? Is- is everyone Ted Lasso this year? This is, that's it is probably the most popular costume. It's so easy. It's it just easy, um, and he's sexy. So you know, it's just a good fit. Um, Wispe, do you have anything to leave our good listeners with? Oh wait, wait. But before before you do that, Jordan, any final words from you, my friend? Penn State money line plus six fifty. There you go. Yes, I hope you put it all on that. All right, Wisp, baby. That's all I got. That was not financial (laughs) advice. (laughs) Bye, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Uh, Let's cash these tickets and enjoy a fun week of college football. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.